The Giants reportedly made a late run at a power-hitting first baseman, and while on the surface it may seem disappointing and like they missed out again, but in my opinion, this was a deal where even if they had signed the player, fans were going to complain about the deal. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on the show, we provide episodes three days a week for now, uh, back to five starting in February, uh, February 1st, as a matter of fact, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis website, Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since way back in 2015. I've been podcasting for the for I've been doing Lockdown Giants now coming up on five years. Can you believe it? This is gonna be five years in a couple months. Um I forget where I was there, but thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there if you have not already, and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're following the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. And coming up on today's show, as I said, the there was a player that was signed by another team, and then John Heyman, who you know, notorious for arson judge, uh, he wrote. This is all he said. Quote. They made a late play for Hoskins, so we'll assume they still seek a hitter, end quote. So that that's and then you see headlines like Giants made a quote late play for Reese Hoskins. And so Hoskins is an interesting player. We've talked about him on this show several times. Um basically, you can't be mad about this one. You can't be like they missed out again because the deal that he got. If the Giants had signed him to this deal, this is exactly the type of deal that they've done over and over that has made people angry. You know, the the two-year deal with the opt-out after the first year. We have seen it over and over. Uh, Carlos Rodon and Michael Conforto most recently, and we see when it works and when it doesn't work. And um, Rodon, he was great. You know, the, people call it a lose-lose, but it was, you know, the they didn't lose... Rodon being being great wasn't a loss, was it? No, it was a win. But the lose part is that if he's good, he leaves, uh, opts out at least, and he did. Went to the Yankees and struggled. Um, but then Conforto, you know, if he if the performance isn't there, then they then you get stuck with them and they come back. And so this is the deal that Reese Hoskins got from the Brewers. And so for the Giants, um, Susan Slusser kind of clarified this what she says in a article for the chronicle is quote the giants made a minor run at reese hoskins the former philly slugger from sacramento but the offer wasn't close to milwaukee's according to industry sources hoskins agreed to a two-year 34 million dollar deal with the brewers that includes an opt-out after the first year something the giants are trying to avoid after agreeing to numerous such deals 
the past few years. Considering Hoskins missed all of 2023 season with a torn ACL, an opt-out is a no-brainer for the 30-year-old slugger as he rebuilds his market value after covering from knee surgery, end quote. And so I just 100% like read that paragraph and reread that paragraph if you're like, if you're in the mindset like they missed out again. A, they have like literally been saying they're gonna they're trying to like because they recognize fans are not happy with it and this is a business and the the business is to entertain the fans and people don't like the two-year deal with the opt-out we've seen it over and over with this regime and people are sick of it and this is from reese hoskins perspective this is the deal that makes sense these deals make sense for for that's why they get them the giants it, they made sense for the player. That's why the Giants were able to sign these players on these deals. And so for Hoskins, he goes to a great hitters hitters park, and you know he rebuilds his value. And if he has a monster season, he could be a hundred million plus dollar player. Um, and so when when she says the Giants' offer wasn't close, I'm gonna guess that we're talking average annual value here versus total money. Unless I mean. I, I don't know, because if they're trying to avoid the deal with the opt-out, uh, the only other thing I can think of is that it, they just offered him a straight one-year deal, but that doesn't really make sense to me. I I kind of think maybe they offered him a multi-year deal here, but that it was a lower average annual value. And so for Hoskins, that doesn't make sense. Uh, he The deal that he signed makes sense because it guarantees him two shots basically at having a big season and then re-entering the market. And so it's beneficial for the player. You have to think of it from the player's perspective. And from the Giants' perspective, you're not going to pay full price for a guy who's missed a whole season with a torn ACL. And so you're offering him, you know, less than what he could be worth if he goes out and has a monster season in 2024. And so I just think this is kind of a non-story. What the story of it is that they were trying to, you know, make a run at Reese Hoskins, which is interesting because it would create a serious logjam at uh, first base because, you know, Lamont Wade Jr. And right now, I mean, right now, actually, when you look at the depth chart, they kind of don't have... Like, a, it's not quite complete. They need, I think, like, if you if you were to sign a third baseman like Matt Chapman or something that would move J.D. Davis over into the platoon role at first or as kind of an everyday D.H., Wilmer Flores and J.D. Davis kind of interchangeable there in that first base D.H. role. Wilmer has a lot more experience uh, defensively at first base and is pretty solid defensively at first base, not anywhere else, but at first base, yes. So the fact that, like, I kind of turn back to what John Heyman said. He said they made a late play. This was in an article that was about big market teams that are still active. And number two team for him was the Giants. And he said they made a late play for Hoskins, so we'll assume they still seek a hitter. And I believe Hoskins was another Scott Boris client. And John Heyman is like notoriously known for being kind of a mouthpiece for Scott Boris. He's also like a legit reporter, but he, he, he kind of pushes, they've got some kind of relation, relationship where Heyman will 
tweet things that or tweet or write things that kind of Boris wants him to tweet or write is pretty clearly established. It's it's easy to to see. So anyway, coming up in just a minute, we're going to switch gears a little bit because within this Susan Slusser piece, she talks about, you know, she she's her whole point was that they need like power. And she says who is who their top position player target is, because let's not forget there are many top free agents from this class who are still unsigned as we are almost in February. So it's just one of those years that's been really slow. But who is their top position player target? And then later on, we'll get to, does a pitcher make more sense at this point or both? That's what I keep saying. Why not both? All right. So we'll get into it in just a minute. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Game Time. If I had an extra $100 in Vegas, and if I was there for the big game, what would I do? Get a great dinner? Put it all on red? For me, I would probably play Texas Hold'em with that extra 100 bucks because that is like the one, ga- I, one game I know how to play, and it's not just luck. And it, a lot of statistics in te- Texas Hold'em in poker. And so that's what I would do. And Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the uh, best price guarantee, which is my favorite thing personally. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, they'll credit you 110% of the difference. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Right now, all game time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas100. Terms apply. Just download the game time app and use code V-E-G-A-S-1-0-0 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, here we go. We're going to get into what Susan Slusser had to say about the Giants' top position player target thanks again for making locked on giants your first listen every day uh coming up today is saturday um and coming up next week we do we hit february next week we do and so um it's it's still three episodes next week uh and then back to five the following week and all the way through the end of the until December. We're back to five days a week. And so we've got mailbag questions. Hopefully some signings start happening. I really truly do think the Giants are not done. They're definitely not done. Their roster isn't finished. And so at at some point we're going to be breaking down moves that the Giants make. It's just for me, it's a matter of when, not if. So that's coming up hopefully next week. I'm tired as I'm I'm as sick as anyone of the slow offseason. But Getting back into the Slusser article, she's pretty critical of the Giants, and I guess that it's fair in a way, but I, I'm i just more like, think. I mean, what her point ultimately is that they can't, like that they should be more aggressive, basically, with this remaining class of free agents instead of like 
waiting around and potentially missing out. They just need to make the leap and make the deal. And I guess I agree. I just um have belief that they will with at least one of these four players who are the top four remaining, like indisputably pretty much with Chapman, um, Matt Chapman, Cody Bellinger, Blake Snell, and Jordan Montgomery. There are certain players in there that I think are more likely than others to be giants. Um, one pitcher in particular, one position player in particular, but I mean, at some point these guys are going to feel the heat a little bit as well. And so I just think it's obvious they're asking for, crazy prices if they haven't signed it's it's not like i don't just point to the giants alone and say you need to do more i mean all 30 teams are not signing these guys there's got to be a reason for it right and so um that's kind of where i'm at with it but i'm also of the mind that they cannot afford to have she she mentions in the article and i really hope it's not true she says maybe they view the 2024 season as a write-off and plan to go all in on Juan Soto next offseason. That's not a good plan because what if you miss on Soto? Like they missed on Judge and they missed on Otani and Yamamoto. Like you can't just punt on a season. And so I don't think that's the case. They understand. I think they need to improve. And that's why I say, why not both when, when it comes to like, you know, there's two good position players left and there's two good pitchers. Get one of each. That's my, that's my like, take and then maybe fill out you know get maybe pick up a bullpen piece or something but they also need to address shortstop but slusser points out which of those like she she clarifies what was speculation on kind of my part um who the giants top position player target is at this point and what she says is President of Baseball Operations Farhan Zaidi is looking to upgrade the defense yet again, which means third baseman Matt Chapman is the team's top position player target. And so that kind of seems like um, an assumption rather than like a inside information type sentence by saying they're looking to upgrade the defense, which Farhan Zaidi has said out loud in public, you know, in, in to the media. Um and so to say which means Matt Chapman is the top position player target, I don't know that that's true. I have done episodes on Matt Chapman many times. Like just I'm kind of I've been torn many times on on Chapman and and honestly like a lot of it depends on the deal for me. And that's why you don't just go out there and give them, you know, 8 years and 200 million dollars you know i think this is more of a player where i would want four years espn's kylie mcdaniel who's been pretty good at making contract contract predictions i think his prediction was four years 90 million which is uh what 22 uh, uh what <laughs> math is hard when you're it's 22 and a half million a year right something like that 90 divided by four yeah, got it. $22.5 million a year. I mean, that would be a solid deal for the age is a is a concern for me with Chapman, but and it's also a concern with me for Snell. And we'll talk about Snell a little bit later. But I don't know. I just think Matt Chapman is a fit because like I said, if you look at the current roster, like JD Davis kind of projects at third base. 
I get like maybe you don't want to block Casey Schmidt for like four years. You know, if you sign a Matt Chapman, you've kind of blocked Casey Schmidt. And I, I get it. You prefer the like proven performance of a Matt Chapman over the uncertain performance of a Casey Schmidt. In fact, it was quite miserable at times at the plate for him. Uh, he finished pretty strong. I think he hit a couple homers in his last game. So, um, but if you think about it, like you've got J.D. Davis and, say, Casey Schmidt in the mix. Schmidt can be optioned. Um, so that's not really an issue. But then at first base, you've got your... You've got Lamont Wade basically against right-handed pitching, but he's he is a platoon player, and they're going to platoon him. Even Bob Melvin is going to platoon Lamont Wade Jr. And the you know the numbers bear it out; like he just doesn't hit lefties well. And so it's like, okay, who's the right-handed side there of that platoon? I suppose if Schmidt is on the roster, you could have Schmidt play third and Davis play first in that scenario. When there's a lefty on the mound, but uh, Schmidt is, again is an unproven commodity, and you could say, "Oh, it's Wilmer Flores," but then I would say, "Who's the DH in that case? Who's the DH against a left-handed pitcher? It's not Michael Conforto. He's a guy you might not want even being in the starting lineup against a left-handed pitcher, given what we saw last year from him against lefties." And so, adding a Matt Chapman to third base and just like you've there's your everyday third baseman guy consistently posts you know 600 plate appearances in pretty much every season of his career that was a full season except last year at 581 close but missed a little bit of time played 140 games last year so if you put him at third suddenly first base becomes like wade and flores and then jd davis can kind of just hang out in the in the DH spot and and hit and he kind of wore down as the season went on and maybe you know staying off the field a little bit. I don't know how open he is to that. Some players don't like it. Um, it obviously hurts his. It would hurt his value. So there's potentially some conflict there that you probably wouldn't see bubble to the surface. But I'm sure he wants to play third base. But you know Matt Chapman would would be an upgrade pretty clearly i think um but it's you know there are red flags with matt chapman it's that's the thing about all of these four remaining top free agents they're all boris clients none of them are perfect they've all got some kind of thing you can say that where you point to and you say yeah but yeah but and blake snell is no exception blake snell though the more i think about it like he to me is the the best of these four remaining players and pitching and defense. And I say, go get them both. Go get Matt Chapman defense at third elite. Go get Blake Snell pitching. Boom. You're suddenly looking at a much improved roster. And so coming up in just a minute, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make the case for, for Blake Snell and that maybe he is the best fit of all, um, of all the remaining players for the San Francisco Giants. So we'll get into that in just a second. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you by our very good friends over at FanDuel. The NFL season is wrapping up. Oh my goodness, do the 49ers have a big game 
tomorrow playing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. So there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Win or lose, 150 in bonus bets. So I'm pulling up the odds uh, for this game tomorrow in San Fr- or in Santa Clara. Niners are favorites at minus 375. Uh, the spread, Niners favorites at minus 7.5 points. The over-under at 51.5. Place a $5 bet on any of that and win or lose, you get 150 in bonus bets at fanduel.com slash locked on. So, just do it. I mean, fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, here we go. We're going to make a case. I mean, just discuss really that Blake Snell would make the Giants significantly better. And when you look at that starting rotation, we kind of looked at some pitcher projections in a couple days ago and um, you know, they're they're interesting to look at, but when you break it all down, I mean part of the part of what's going on here is the Giants have two prominent pitchers on the injured list who are gonna, you know, start the season on the injured list and probably miss about half the year. I think Alex Cobb is is kind of doing well in his recovery from hip surgery and uh may be in line to return before the all-star break. But Robbie Ray, from what I read recently, uh, around the all-star break is like a best case scenario. And so essentially like think about the start. I'm just thinking about the start of the season. You got to think about, okay, what are you, what are you looking at to start the season? And right now we're looking at Logan Webb, obviously at the top. And then it's a bunch of question, not question marks, like Ross Stripling has a track record, but was horrible last year. Kyle Harrison is a top prospect, but is a young unproven player Jordan Hicks they signed I like that deal I like that he's only 27 but he's starting for like you know not the first time in his career but he's normally been a reliever and so that is kind of an unproven thing you've got Keaton Wynn in the mix you've got Tristan Beck in the mix Sean Jelly uh openers you know stuff like that and so it to me looks like an incomplete pitching staff you've also on the 40 man got Kaiwei Tang and then there's you know they've got some young talent behind him too uh behind those all the names I've mentioned like Mason Black and uh Carson Wisenhunt Landon Roop uh Hayden Birdsong and others so there's a lot of there's a lot of young pitching talent coming but at the same time like if you just add in a Blake Snell with Logan Webb, just thinking about how much better that looks, like you could go Logan Webb, Blake Snell, Jordan Hicks, Kyle Harrison, and then like Keaton Wynn or Tristan Beck, you know, whoever's kind of pitching better and with all that young talent behind them. So I feel like they're one starter short and Blake Snell just makes so much sense. The one kind of thing is that he doesn't, he walks a lot of guys and that's not typical of a giant's target except the exception I'm going to mention is that they just signed Jordan Hicks who has the same issue. And so maybe it's not a deal breaker as it kind of maybe looked like. So Snell, he's just going to go out there and strike out 
30% of batters. That's just like what he does. And that's really high. I mean, league average for pitchers is like 22 and a half percent ish and he's at 30. And so way above average strikeout rate. Like what that means is that every 10 hitters he faces, he strikes three of them out. And you know, it's better to look at strikeout rate like that than K's per nine, because that number is affected by, you know, you could allow like you could pit, you could, you could face 18 hitters in an inning. And that would by definition be a horrible inning. A bunch of runs will have scored. And if you strike out three in the inning, it's like, great, but you, you didn't pitch well in the inning and your strikeout rate wasn't high, only three out of 18. Whereas if you, uh, strike out three the, out of three and end the inning, your strikeout rate is a hundred, which is it couldn't be higher. But your K's per nine is exactly the same at at um how many what twenty nine no twenty seven K's per nine it would be if you struck out everybody, um right yeah okay so anyway the point is that was just a tangent about statistics and metrics in baseball but Blake Snell I mean lefty to pair with Webb and then you look at okay what's the rotation looking like once Cobb and Ray come back if you were to add a Blake Snell and so all of a sudden you might be looking at one of the best starting rotations in baseball if not the best if you had Logan Webb Blake Snell um by the way in that iteration where i added snell we didn't even get stripling in there and so that that's kind of a good thing in my mind although you know he he can be in that mix but let's say people come back healthy logan webb blake snell i'm going righty lefty here webb snell um who do i want to go with cobb and then uh robbie ray is your number four starter and then jordan hicks you know number five that doesn't even leave room though for guys like Kyle Harrison and Keaton Wynn and Tristan Beck. And so that's kind of the downside is that you maybe don't have room to give your young players opportunities. So that's where it gets a little tricky. Um, But at the same time, like people get hurt. You never know, like maybe Jordan or you move Jordan Hicks back to the bullpen. Maybe that experiment doesn't work and et cetera, et cetera. Um, But Basically, there's a really good pitcher out there. He just won the Cy Young Award in the National League. Webb finished second. You could literally have the number one and the number two Cy Young finishers in your rotation. You just got to go out there and pony up the cash. And so I'm kind of with Susan Slusser in this regard and just, you know, saying ultimately at the end of the day, it is a worth like just spend the money because. The product hasn't been good enough on the field the last two years, not at all. It's been tough to watch. The fans are angry and worse, like disinterested in a lot of ways. Not everyone, but you know, by and large, this is a the 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 feeling around like if I talk to people about the Giants who aren't really locked on Giants, so to speak, or you know, for lack of a better phrase, um, they're just like, oh yeah, they stink, don't they? You know, that's that's where people are at with the Giants, and um, I tend to be optimistic. I think a lot of things have gone wrong the last couple seasons, but also the roster building. I mean, it just hasn't been aggressive enough 
And they tried, you know, they tried to get Correa, they tried to get Judge, they tried to get Otani, they tried to get Yamamoto. Um, I'm excited about Jung-Hoo Lee, but I don't think that they can be done. Like, the, the, their offseason is not, cannot be, like, done at this stage. Otherwise, we are looking at another probably mediocre team. But if you were to go out there and get a Blake Snell and a Matt Chapman, you would elevate yourself to one of those legitimate, like, teams in the wild card picture i think it's going to be hard to for any team to consider themselves kind of up there with la after the offseason they've had but you know the way it is now you just kind of have to get into the dance and these wild card teams have had a lot of success kind of being underdogs and taking down the the teams that get the first round by but it does mean you risk, you know, your season is at risk in a best of three series. So I don't love the new playoff format. That's kind of a tangent as well. But, you know, for the Giants, that's what they're looking at is like every year, unless you pull off a miracle like 2021 and and somehow overtake L.A. in the division, you're looking at a wild card round. You're looking at a three game series, maybe two, like a best of three uh, to determine your whole season. That's what you're playing for. And so pitching is huge in that scenario, right? Because in a three-game series, if you have Webb and Snell and whoever else, whoever's pitching best out of like Cobb and Ray and Hicks and who and Harrison, that's what puts you in position to win a, a playoff series, which this team has not done since 2014. That just like dawns on me. This is 2024. We're 10. I mean, that was 10 years ago. The last time they won a playoff series. Oh, oh, just kidding. In 2016, they won a wild card game, which counts. Um, I forgot. I, I remember they were lost to the Cubs in the DS. I was there for the final game. It was brutal. Three run lead in the ninth that they that they blew anyway, but they did. Connor Gillespie, Mets, Cindergard, Bumgarner, Bumgarner of course threw a free, freaking complete game shutout. So yeah, that that was wild times. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers next week we're going to be hopefully talking about some action. But also, if not, we've got mailbag questions and we've got all the things to keep you entertained and just the latest rumblings. There's always rumblings and we'll have that for you. But hopefully actual, actual news. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Once again, my name is Ben Caspic. Check me out on Twitter, X, at Ben Caspic, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like the show, please consider re- uh, rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much. So thank you in advance and really, truly thank you so much to everyone who's done so already. I read the reviews, so I really appreciate the kind ones and ignore the negative ones. That's just, I, you got to, you got to. Anyway, uh, thank you so much again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.